Welcome to Look Who's Talking NFL. The Chiefs win Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. Don't blame the kid, San Francisco. He's just a kid. An overtime decision that will be studied for years. And a third and four that was the game. Here we go. Freestyle. Rock the Yeah, but also no, seven months till the next slate of football games. The ultimate Super Bowl fervor, ladies and gentlemen, here on Look Who's Talking NFL, your favorite NFL gambling podcast from coast to coast. I'm out here on the West Coast in BC. We got Huck Daddy at the Huck Media headquarters, downtown Toronto in the annex. And then we got Weird Mike, as always, at Centennial Studios, our original gangster studio, where uh, now here, episode 172. All right. Uh, for all you look who's talkers out there, very happy to have you wherever you're listening all over the world. Ni hao, privyet, hola, bonjour, guten tag, ciao, and Vanagam. all over your face, everywhere. All right. Uh, we put out some pics that are Hughes talking TikTok and Instagram. Everyone thinks I went perfect on them. I didn't. I would love to tell you that I did. Chiefs money line. Yep. Bunch of props. Yep, 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 yep. The double result is very tasty because it's not just Niners win first half, Chiefs win game. There's a tie. There's that third option. So I did not win the double result one for those who were messaging me. Uh, That's why it's so juicy because the actual correct decision was 49ers first half tie. Uh, So, Jeff, you, um, you didn't take correction. You took the three-way bet. Yes. That's why it's so juicy. Plus 800. <laughs> Either way, though, we uh, we did really well in the Super Bowl. Uh, the All the little – those all the, when the third receiver on any team in a, in a, in a primetime game is getting lots of catches and lots of yards, your boy Jeff Hewlett's doing well. He fucking loves those third and second receivers. MVS, Juwan Jennings, uh, Noah Gray, loved it. Loved it. Anyway, also we predict the Super Bowl. We are now six and one since we started this this whole podcast predicting Super Bowl winners. Uh, sometimes this stuff's not that hard. I know there was like fucking fifteen million dollars of one million dollar bets on the Niners. I don't know how these all these rich people trust Brock Purdy so much. It's not Brock's fault. He's just a kid. Guy was at Iowa State a year and a half ago. Uh, he's up against maybe the best quarterback ever, and maybe the coach best coach ever. He was overmatched more than Vegas gave him gave it credit for. And we'll break down the game, folks. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Big shout out to our sponsors this year, Team LTD, for giving away uh, three prizes to our uh, our regular season winners: uh, uh, Jeff McGarry third, Andrew Bedford second, and Buffalo Mark Robinson first place. And we just crowned our winner of the Storyteller Beverages <gasps> Playoff Touchdown Contest, Tyler Burnell. With 12 total touchdowns. Congratulations, sir. I'll read out the team right now. The winning, the winning team, if you will. Shout out, Bertro. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Here Hard-working people. Bertro. A lot of things. Okay, so he had Lamar Jackson with two. He had Christian McCaffrey with four. Travis Kelsey with three. CeeDee Lamb with zero. And Isaiah Pacheco with three. Congrats, everyone. Thanks to everyone for playing. And thanks to Storyteller. Follow them at Storyteller Beverages. They also make Bees Knees and a bunch of other tasty soda alcoholic drinks. Uh, delicious stuff. Anyway, <clears throat> shout out to Storyteller. Yeah, next time you always go ice fishing, why don't you grab yourself a Storyteller 
and tell all your terrible NFL bets from this last season, okay? Lord knows I just made three of them on this last game. All right? It was an ugly, ugly end to a fabulous season. Season seven for your favorite NFL podcast out of Canada. Episode 172, years end, season's end. Shout out, Huckster, a little tear pregame. Got a little Bills nugget for you later, Hugh. How about that? How about that? I feel, I'm but, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. As predicted, all the Swifties got their way, hook, line, and sinker. Despite all of the hate I received for my overbet of 47 and a half, most people took it at the lower line closer to kickoff of 47, even some 46 and a halfs out there. I was going to say it did go to 46 so and a half. The people that were chirping me in the first quarter came full circle overtime only to realize that I did not have the luxury line. <laughs> A 46 and a half. Uh, so they were shit talking me and then rubbing it on what they thought was a co-celebration. Nevertheless, I'm calling it, you know what? It's, it's a great loss because the money's out of my ass. So I'm a little jilted on that, but as predicted, the Swifties got what they want. She's on the field, the overhit, mm-hmm. right? Especially the overhit because it closed where it was, right? Doesn't mean I won my bet. I'm not counting that, but the overhit, motherfuckers. Okay. <laughs> Fact. Okay. Fact. Yep. So, little jilted. Super excited. I got my numbers here. I'll spit them out for you now because I was doing some gorilla math. Um, 2,700 plus from Thursday night opener to Super Bowl closure. Pissed a little away on the Niners at the kickoff. Really liked it even when it was 0-0 a lot. I felt it was a San Fran game. There was no big swing to come back from. Usually that's what Mahomes thrived off of. But if the game is always kind of in reach, you know? So, nevertheless, hope everybody watched it. Hope everybody got home safe. Super Bowl 58, the halftime, I gave a solid failing grade, 4.8. This motherfucker went so slow. He let it burn all night. He only had 13 minutes. He didn't crank it up until like 11. The last three or four minutes were awesome, though. Like, sure. You're already checked out, though. All you're remembering is the dress and the fucking blah, blah. Did, did you see the, the girl rollerblader fly off the stage? This is a big thing on TikTok. She flew off the stage and she went on TikTok afterwards. And she's like, yeah, I kind of lied on my audition. I lied on my addition, audition about being able to fucking rollerblade. But... They're paying me 6,600 bucks, like, you know, with two weeks notice. I figured I could teach myself. Well, didn't really work out for her. So what is she suing the Super Bowl? Is it a whole game changer? No, 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 no. It's her fault. Like, just, she, she got her check. She's got a, broken, her. She had a broken wrist, a black Good eye. She landed her. on some sort of camera stand. Yep. Love it. That was risky. I'll tell you, that's, that's where it gets most of his points. I just the feel like... I feel like the production value of the halftime was down. Uh, last year, Rihanna was, it felt like she was in a video game floating on, like floating on in the air on like level stages in the, in the, in the air. And, you know, Usher starts out with like what looked like almost uh, like a high school musical on the field, like on the green football field. I, like, so, Brooke and I were looking at each other. We're like, where's, where's the, where's the money for this? I thing? heard, I heard they get 
50. So they don't pay these halftime performers. I don't know if that's no. common knowledge. Um, but I heard they, they give them 15 mil for production, whether that's for like, they could spend it on dancers it. and roller <laughs> skates on whatever they, whatever they want. And 10 G's some, on roller. 10 G's sometimes on roller artists contribute to pay more to do that, which is why Rihanna's set would have been bigger. I heard yes. Dr. Dre spent 7 mil out of his own pocket. Oh, to do okay. That. The weekend uh, did his own thing there. Yeah, remember? yeah. The weekend I heard spent a bunch of his own cash. So that could be why it was, it seemed like it was down from past years. Fascinating. Yeah. Essentially, it's essentially all one big publicity publicity stunt like usher is just released an album and he's going on tour and that's what all he wants to do is sell his music yeah i saw that on social media basically he made like 600 bucks as like a performer wage but without with like you know 100 and would it call it 200 million people across the world just watched an usher concert and with the expected amount of streams and song sales uh it's like, like yeah he can make 300 million on the back end just from this so fascinating stuff Fascinating um, stuff. Big your game. boy Moody, your boy Moody didn't fuck anything up. Hey, I, I kept I, that was in the back of my mind all game. They got a kicker retarded? they don't trust. Are you crazy? Excuse me for using the R word. I apologize. Um, he missed the, the extra point. It was a line drive. That was his fault. That was gonna. I'm, it I'm was gonna... his fault. Okay, okay, hold on. It's not exclusively his fault. Yeah, but a that guy did a really well timed. He kind of just backhanded it. Um, yeah, like I never know who to blame on on like blocked extra. Yeah, but here, here's what you don't blame: the kick isn't why the Niners lost because the because the KC's game plan changes. Like they're very good because they always don't put themselves out of the game. They take the three, they kick the field goal with three seconds left in case there's a bad snap. Yep, they do the little shit that we kind of take for granted. So. You know, if they're down 17, 13, you don't think they're dialing up slightly more aggressive play calling, moving closer to that end zone like they know how to, like they have in Super Bowls past. So <clears throat> I think that was actually a gift when they went to overtime and the Niners started playing heavy. I thought the game tilted again. I really did. I was really, really confident again. Um, I, I called the game exactly as I saw it. I shared it with you guys last episode, last two episodes, by the way. So what's your take here? You lost some shekels too. So we're down as a show on the Super Bowl, eh? A couple. No, no, no. I, I mean, my, so in the bye week, I gave three props away. Uh, MVS yards, MVS catches, Noah Gray yards. Uh, sorry, and Juwan Jennings. Um, we know. And, and then we, then we took the Chiefs. I, I said three units on the Chiefs because that's what, kind of what I had, and then about a half unit or a unit on the over, which which I lost, and the the double result lost. But overall, uh, an EV positive uh, Super Bowl for sure, especially with MVS. I was heavy on that. What's your number? Will you go up or down this year? In the black, in the red? There. What's your deal? Well, we were eleven games over five hundred at the end of the regular season, and then, uh, yeah, we're. We finished with our picks. Like if you're including the prop picks in the playoffs, we're about five five picks over five hundred. Even though we went zero and zero for three on divisional weekend, <laughs> uh, they were perfect at the championship game. We called the Super Bowl and, and then all the props. 
Um, but, but yeah, I think I, I think the game came down to one of one of the handicaps that we talked about on the on the podcast, which was uh, special quarterbacks for the most part went like they special quarterbacks have won ninety five percent of the last twenty. That's not seasons. a handicap. That's not a handicap. What the fuck are you talking about? Why? Look, listen to me. If you're putting down serious coin on the Super Bowl and you don't think the quality of your quarterback is a fucking proper handicap, you're not lining up the variables that you're betting on correctly. And that's what I'm that's why I'm consistently over 500, even though it's simplistic. Okay. Um, so it's six and one in Super Bowls officially, eh? Yeah. And Tom, the one I lost, Tom Brady threw 500 yards, set an NFL a Super Bowl record, 500 yards and a loss. Uh, no picks. Anyway, you didn't throw any picks in that Philly game, right? Eh? I don't believe so. No, he had a strip sack fumble. Uh, because look, it's not like Brock, it's not Brock's fault, but he's just not, he's not an all time quarterback. He's pretty good. He's in his second year. This is like his 20th game. And when shit hits the fan, when the play's broken in what they call a gotta have it play, he doesn't know what the fuck to do. Okay. He can't, like, he can't, he's not experienced enough to shift the protections enough like it's third and four there's two minutes left in the fucking football game if you get the first down uh and you're the niners it's tied 16 16 you get the first down casey's got two timeouts left you can basically run the clock almost down possibly get another first down but at least get it down to 30 seconds and kick that field goal with barely any time left change the game but don't get the third and four because they didn't because of the kicker it, it affected their play calling like That's so a separate variable mike no but more is put on the kid in an aggressive situation where you're right jeff they should be checking this down or even running it no i didn't say hold on let me finish the point they they, they he doesn't shift the protection enough basically if you want to be win, win super bowls okay you got to be an athlete enough when the play's broken to get out of it and make a different play like pat mahomes is but he's also kind of a hybrid because he's now he's got enough experience where he can shift the protection, audible, whatever he needs to do to make sure a guy like Trent McDuffie isn't running free on a blitz zero right in the laneway where you have to throw the ball because Shanahan loves his quarterbacks to not be superstars so he can have an all-star team. Which means, though, once that, that headset turns off, it's all on these kids or, or Jimmy Garoppolo. And you've given them, for the most part, their one-read quarterbacks. Well... Spagnolo knew what that read was going to be because he gave it to you. And then he blocked the laneway with McDuffie. And that's the, and it's a gotta have it play. So Purdy's got to notice, oh my God, this play's not going to work, but we fucking need it. And I mean, I can't throw a pick. I can't take a sack. What are you going to do? Well, you're, you were playing on Iowa State two years ago. <laughs> I would expect you to do much. That's the point. I would expect you to figure that out. Whereas like a, a Brady, a Manning, and a Ben Roethlisberger, who's he? He's just strong enough where he's gonna like shift and duck away from McDuffie and fucking find four yards somewhere else or run for it. Okay. So I just, so, I never saw Brock Purdy being able to make those plays if the game was close, and the game yeah, was close. That um, it, it shouldn't have been. They should have been able to pull away by just playing Niner football, bully ball. Niner football is based on a lot of like games against the Arizona Cardinals and shit in November. It's this giant group think. When are we going to realize that Niner football is pretty good regular season football, but somewhat lucky in the postseason because you you got an Iowa State Mr. Irrelevant quarterback. Tom Brady 
in his second year as a sixth rounder or whatever, he was not the Tom Brady we know, like that we he eventually became. He had a great team around him. And then, you know, if if uh uh who's the kick, the old kicker for the for the Patriots? Hall of Terry. If Vinatieri misses that kick against the Rams, okay, you know, no one's going to be like, well, yeah, that was Tom's fault. He's the sixth round pick in his second year. So in those 50-50 games, you're going to need to get lucky if you don't have an all-world quarterback. Whereas if you do, you don't need to play a perfect game. The Chiefs didn't play a perfect game. But when I say recess football, it's there's more to it than that. It's like, what do you do if the play's broken? Do you just... <laughs> If you're Jimmy Garoppolo, you just kind of look at the coach and be like, bad play call, bud. But if you're Tom or Pat or Man or Peyton Manning or somebody or Favre, you're going to be like, I know, at Railway, you're going to be like, hey, fuck it. I'll figure it out. In some capacity, whether it's shifting the protection or just something. But in those got to have it plays, they'll get them. I firmly blame the coach of San Francisco for losing the game wholeheartedly. Had it twice in his hands in overtime in that drive and had it uh, up 10, right? One what? score, the one mistake. That's when you really, that's when you take a defensive chance. That's when you jump a route like Atlanta did to Tom. You know, when they had sort of, when they made it 20 or whatever, the pick six blew it open, right? And then you believe it. Sure, that was epic, but can that happen again? Probably not. The, the the disparity wasn't the score. It was the domination. And that, to me, falls all on the coach. I think deep down he was nervous as fuck about his kicker. Okay? He actually let him hang himself by putting him out there for that 55-yarder. I walked away. I thought he was punting. <laughs> I thought it was a no doubt. Hey, look, RD's playing awesome. Let's put these guys inside the five. Maybe we get a turnover whatever. Worst case, we get it back here at midfield in six minutes. But that was his turning point. And in the end, maybe wind up costing him. But Budker, my boy, season two on this show, maybe the best season ever. No postseason kicks missed. Not an extra point missed. A career long or Super Bowl record in the Super Bowl. Yep. The track held up. God bless. Finally, not a Super Bowl with a fucking slip and slide. Fucking crazy what happened to Dre Greenlaw. Man, that's nuts. Yeah, that was fucked up. Just doing the little hop. Like, he's so pumped to get out there. It's the fucking start of the second quarter. Yeah. None of the games have been decided yet. It's 0-0 or 3 nothing or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, they had officially had zero points with him in the lineup for the record. Yeah. Uh, tears his Achilles. Bigger deal than people thought. Yeah, way, way bigger deal. Guys, at all, we're just in the league, too. Yeah, was what was, what was with him riding <laughs> shotgun in the cart instead on the back? Yeah, this guy with the khakis. Hey, he's got a torn Achilles. Get in. I don't think he thought the back could hold him. It was like some sort of recycling vehicle or something. It wasn't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was hilarious. And imagine like being this small, little, shy white dude shaking around. Am I ain't getting in this fucking thing, man. <laughs> like, what is he supposed to do? I'm sorry, Mr. Greenlaw. <laughs> Thank you to the back. Um, you mentioned the overtime. They had it in overtime, the Niners. Like, there's another example of, of a gotta have it play. And blame the coaches, blame whatever, because for some reason, as Chris Jones said, I have no idea why, but nobody fucking covered me. It's third and four, whatever. They're like near the 10 
in overtime on their first drive. Nobody covers Chris Jones. Only drive. He, he runs at right at Brock Purdy, and Purdy decides, A, A, it's not his fault, okay? And I think he could be a fantastic quarterback, but he's just not yet. Uh, he's not athletic enough to escape Chris Jones. Not his fault, but it would help if he was. And he's not... Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to do. Like because he had two guys open on that play, but Chris Jones coming right in his face. The the snap was good. It wasn't like a bad snap. Chris Jones just coming at him too fast, and he throws it away. And if he had just been able to like, if he was more of a bigger guy, like a Josh Allen, a Ben Roethlisberger, he can maybe at least shift because he's got fucking Ayuk open in the end zone. Jared Jarius Sneed fell on the ground. And Ayuk is open in the middle of the end zone. No one's around him. And Juwan Jennings, who he was going for, for some reason, like 15 times this game. That's another story. Um, the is, story is, is the is, scout team. Is open on the right. And Purdy, in that gotta have it play, because you don't want to kick a field goal and give Mahomes four downs to get his touchdown. Uh, he throws it away. Throws it away. Is that his fault? No. But if he was better or a better athlete, or just more experienced to see the the no one's covering Chris Jones beforehand and shifted or call a timeout or something, but you got you got a kid and you're making him play in man shoes, just not ready. It was close. You got an all star team, so it was almost enough anyway. I'm not saying the Niners was a horrible pick. I'm just saying if I had a million dollars, I'm putting it on Pat and just throw out some of these fucking stats. <laughs> um. Anyway, I just can't. I couldn't believe all the million dollar bets. On a, on a sixth round or seventh round Iowa State quarterback in his second year. I started liking the Niners approaching kickoff because I thought as my life unfolded, um, I realized the bye week is handled differently. Whereas the Chiefs were rolling hard. And I can't believe I didn't say this on the pod earlier um, in the week leading up to it, but the Chiefs were rolling. Three straight wins, two on the road. Yeah. Uh but the bye week hits different when you're rolling as opposed to a team like the Niners where they escaped victory and now they have this extra time to regroup, refocus, as opposed to worrying about staying sharp. So I thought the opposites of the bye was was really my handicap, if you will. Well, traditionally, Andy Reid is like the best coach of all time on off a of bye week. I mean, I, I, like, again, you throw in the fact that he's got Pat Mahomes, that's going to help. He used to have Don, Donovan McNabb in Philly, but he's like the the best percentage coach, winning percentage off of a bye. But I see what you're saying there. They literally were playing their best football. And it's like they don't want it. They don't even want the, the bye week. Whereas the Niners escaped the Packers, escaped the Lions, luckily, and like would probably have needed it. Anyway, let's move on to the overtime decision here because – it's been getting a lot of pop on a lot of shows, and I, um, I personally think I, I agree with a lot of the disdain for the decision. And Shanahan immediately blaming his analytics department too. I thought that was a little bit immature. Like just, no, just own it. No, just own no, it. Like just be like, because those people need to be held accountable. Okay, fuck, it's your decision, coach. It's your decision. Hey, hey, maybe he's looking bigger picture, knowing that his seat is safe. Bigger picture. Okay. I've been talking about this all year, folks. These analytics people that hide behind these glasses and these data points. Okay. You're right. It was his decision. 
Okay, but enough of the, uh, the other people in his ear. Let him make the decision. I, I, oh. Well, Urgh. okay, well, he's basically saying that I talked to the San Francisco 49ers analytics department, and they disagree with the last 25 years of college football because everybody in college football, which the playoff overtime rules are now mimic almost yeah. enough so that each team gets a possession for sure. For the last 25 years of college football, in any major game, in overtime, everybody kicks the ball because you want to know, do I need three? Do I need seven? And regardless, I get four downs to do it. So his analytics department basically poo-pooed the history of college football and every decision made in a similar situation in every Rose Bowl, every college football playoff for the last 25 years. It's not quite. It's not quite a parallel to the college thing, but well, I do love a good poo poo. Okay, right. <laughs> so, I'm just, just. I just. It feels. It feels obvious. And anyway, uh, so he's getting shattered for that decision by a lot of people. Some stupid people. Some smart people. Um, some are. Some are. Some are. Some people around the podcast world are, are kind of saying, well, this is the new breed of thinking. Like, and you might see college football coaches take this new approach. No, no, you won't. No, you won't. Also, uh, side note, Romo and Nance were just a fucking nightmare. Uh, I'm watching all the highlights on, on YouTube from NFL films, and they're all, it's all Kevin Harlan and Westwood Radio. Like, I, I really wish we could watch it on TV and just listen on the radio, and it was perfectly synced. The, the announcing is so much better. Romo was at an all-time awful, just interrupting Nance. Uh, you can you can literally feel Nance like grab him sometimes and be like, "I'm talking." Like, this is the middle of the play. You're the analyst. Wait until it's over. You know? Yeah. You think um, you think Nance is overcompensating because he really hates him. He's trying to overshower him with love. I think he's just trying to tell him to shut the fuck up. Like I've been doing this a long time, Tony. You were you were the flash in the pan three years ago. You cashed in on it. Okay. Now we're fading back to reality where I've been doing this for 30 years in every major sport. And this is like your hundredth event. All right. Let me do my thing and then chime in when you can. But it should it should be 65 to 70% dance and 35 or 30% Romo. And it's still 50-50 right now, which is fucked up. I don't think um, anybody that Romo. had a super. Sorry, finish up. Romo didn't even know the overtime rules. He didn't even know that, the, like he thought the game was going to end if they didn't, like if they didn't score with six seconds left. And it was very confusing. I was explaining to people at the pub. I'm yeah, like, no, he. Go ahead. Here's I'll a question go. for you. Why, why even have a clock if the clock doesn't mean anything? Ooh, because they change ends. Oh yeah, there you go. They change ends. For wind, that matters. Like you can't just have one team with the wind. Wind is inside. Yeah, but next year might not be wind, lights, whatever. But like, yeah. For instance, if it is outside, you need to keep the overtime periods. Either way, Romo didn't know. Like, and was interrupting Nance, who was well aware of the overtime rules because he fucking does his job. And if the clock ran out, like if they didn't, if they didn't get. Uh, like Kelsey catches the ball on the little inside screen and gets the first down. And now it's first and goal from the six or five or whatever four. And then there's, but there's like 10 seconds left on the clock and it's ticking down. It's ticking down. And Romo is confusing everyone by saying like, Oh, like panicking. Whereas Nance knows that 
if they don't get this or the clock runs out, they're going to get second down in double overtime. Like, well, just I'm going to officially supersede Baker's batty status. And Romo is this show's ultimate batty. Baker, I thought I should have won comeback player of the year, even over Flacco. Me too. To be told. Um, I'm glad they didn't go with DeMar Hanlon. NFL Honors turned into a pretty funny show, by the way. It's turning into one of the premier award shows on the circuit. I think Peyton Manning, no one's done better since him. Like, he he, was that five years ago, six years ago, he calls out Kevin Durant. No, that was the ESPYs, bro. That was the ESPYs. Oh, sorry, ESPYs. That was so fucking funny. That was the best thing ever. The U.S. gymnastics team is so dominant, Kevin Durant has decided to join them next year. And it cuts yeah. right to him, and he's just cut eye, like fucking eliminate me from this. So once I saw Demar Hanlon giving out an award, in yeah. like the first thirty minutes of the yeah, show, yeah, like, this, yeah. guy, this guy Hanlon in squad douche. They probably made the call like right before, you know. And I'm so. a I'm a Hamlin fan, like you know, obviously we're Bills fans. This was a he almost died. This was a very serious thing. But you the but, fake one cost him. But like. But like, he didn't play. He barely played this year, you know. Whereas Baker was literally tossed out to the quarterback oblivion, signs for like a league minimum with Tampa Bay, and takes him to the playoffs. And that's a pretty damn good statistical season. Flacco played like six games off the couch. I don't know. I would have given it to Baker, man. If I'm Tampa Bay, I kind of just run it back. I don't see Atlanta's. Doesn't appear to have any answers yet. No, no. Apparently, apparently, it's mutual. He wants to go back to Tampa. Tampa wants him. It's just uh, the Saints are oddly content with Carr and whatever that is. <laughs> They're a fucking mess down there. And the Carolina Panthers are. The butt of the joke. They made a good uh, NFC lottery joke. Like they're they're nowhere near anything. So Tampa's probably going to win their division. Probably going to be favored. Yep. How about that? Speaking of running back, here's my little Bills nugget for you, Hugh. Okay. In the two weeks between games and watching Josh Allen at Pebble Beach, and this and that, I actually think they need to run it back. Everybody back. The safeties. The receivers. Everybody, okay? There was solid momentum, including a playoff win, win the division, was six in a row. It wasn't like last year's where they did a lot of their dominance early and the feeling was more despair heading in, right? Yeah. But now the role was out on the way out. And yes, it was a heartbreaking loss. And yes, he should have made that kick. And everything that we know true to be of the Bills' base, but I think if they get rid of digs and draft new safeties and shit, like there's there's almost no room for error. Okay, you you got Aaron Rodgers back in the division. That's that's one less game uh, for everybody. You know, you, you take. I'm talking about the Jets' total win total. They're yeah, no, I got you. Away from everybody, I got you. Is that what I'm trying to say? So. I think it's vitally important, and they got the new OC guy. He's going to stick around, right? Full, full, full winter. Yep. Get out there with the Wyoming farm tank and nag a couple elk on those mountainsides there, and in Big Sky Country, and and let's build something, man. Let's let's. Everybody's got one more year, man. Except Josh. We Everybody. need. We need, and I've said this since last year. We need to get rid of Gabe Davis. 
and we need to bring in, uh, like, let's go all out here. Like, we're, let, we could get rid of Von Miller. We should and get like save some money there and use that money because he's making he was making a boatload. But now it's a couple years later. We can cut him, um, and go get one of these rock star receivers. Because I and the, Diggs Diggs doesn't want to leave. It's like the highest amount for his contract. Like he ain't going anywhere. And I don't. And he's still Josh's bestie. I don't think. I, I think he's staying. All right, but let's go get Parlay Joe. Parlay Joe, Calvin Ridley. He's the free agent. He's in like entering the prime of his career, and he's a freak athlete who's big. Diggs is small. We need a big target. Maybe T. Higgins, but I think he's going to be too expensive. Might be able to get uh, Calvin Ridley for a couple years. That I think we—that's what we need. We got the t- tight end now. Uh, I would say let's sign Der- a guy like Derrick Henry to get some of those tough yards, save Josh's shoulder. I don't know if the King wants to come north. He's more of a he's he's a Bama dude, he Tennessee is an Alabama dude. Alabama guy. I feel like he's going he's going somewhere south. He sees the same social media stuff about Buffalo's winters. I'll tell you where he might go, Florida, but he might go to Tampa. How about that? AFC South, NFC South, weak division. He wants a ring. I mean. Yeah, you're wrong. He like he's been in the playoffs. Baker could get in the playoffs. Baker ain't getting him a, a ring, you know. You know what? He'd be a nice one-two punch in San Fran. Okay, you got two years of paying Brock Purdy about fifty k a year. You could afford Derrick Henry wow. on a fucking uh, like on a well, because McCaffrey was beat up by the end of that game. Or they, I'm not sure why they stopped using him, but he's he, he, he. There's a thunder and lightning aspect, and you're asking him to do both. I think if you gave CMC's lightning a real thunder and like, I, I just, I feel like that'd be really nice. And it gives Derrick Henry look, put it this way, folks. If you're a Niners fan, don't be dismayed. The NFC is still very weak and you still got a great team. I would bet a lot of money right now that they're back in the final four next year. You know, I can't guarantee a trip to the whole, to the big game because Brock Purdy's still your quarterback, but you're a good enough team in, in a weak enough division that just lost Pete Carroll. Uh, yeah, they'll be back. Final four. So don't be dismayed. And God, Brock Purdy will be a year older with more experience. I got the first, a little weird stronger. Pick the first weird pick of the next year. Are you ready for it, Hugh? Yep. Love it. All right. I'm not even going to play off record two, five, and one. Weird pick. KC will not three Pete. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? KC <laughs> will not three-peat. I'm just okay. glad you're not saying they're not going to win their division, which, you know, they might not, but it's definitely not like the first pick of the year material. So the KC that? will not will not three-peat? Correct. Put it on the board. Okay. Um, I'll look for that bet. Not win, because they're, they're what, like plus 500 to, to win it all again. It's just because the AFC, like everyone's been like, well, the Niners are favored again. It, Vegas is telling you what they think of the two conferences, okay? The Chiefs are in the middle of a dynasty, and they're plus 500. Niners are the favorite to win the whole thing again because the NFC, a third of, her, a third of their teams are a joke. You know, Bill Walsh used to say this. Bill Walsh used to say this. And this I love listening to the, the Lombardi, uh, Mike Lombardi podcast. He's uh, the former GM of the Raiders, assistant GM of the Browns with Belichick. And he was with the Patriots for a while. Italian guy, Mikey. I mean, I think you know who I'm talking about, but his podcast is good. And it's called the GM Shuffle. 
And he just says it like it is. He shoots from the hip, and uh, he's taught me a lot. He talks about uh, Bill Wallace back on the Niners. He used to say, Mike, and you know, talking to Montana as well, he's like, we're up against eight teams for this ring. There's eight teams that we're up against. Then, then there's the rest of the league who are they, – their organizational structure, and they, they don't really understand how to team build. They, don't, they, they just don't get it. There's, like a, there's a, a, a calculus to all this. And about eight teams have it. And the rest, you know, we just sort of got to get through in the, in the regular season. But we're up against eight teams for this ring every year. And, yeah, uh, the NFC's got about two of those teams, maybe three. And the AFC's got the rest. And that's why it's going to be hard for the Chiefs to three-peat. Joe Burrow will be healthy again. Jim Harbaugh is now the coach of Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers will be healthy again. By the way, for everyone who thinks that like I absolutely just hate Aaron Rodgers, okay, I don't. For a while, he was making me a lot of money. I I like got quarterbacks I can rely on, but then he stopped being that guy, and it was a little bit a little more talky talk than and a little less. He, he was he's not getting those those gotta have downs in big games over and over and over again. A guy as talented as he was should have been to one more one more Super Bowl. Like these Packers teams weren't bad. Went to the 20, the 2010 Super Bowl, beat the Steelers, and never went back. And look, you know, we just because we have disagree, I have a disagreement with somebody about like something like the vaccine, right? I disliked Aaron Rodgers before there was a pandemic. Like I just thought he was a bit of a dick. All right. The fact that he's on one side of the vaccine and I'm on the other, I don't care. I'm like that with a lot of my friends too. I still love him just as much. Like, Religion is a much bigger differentiator of belief. Some of my friends are big into religion. I'm not. I still love them, which is a, diff- a difference of opinion on something. Whether they're religious or not, if they're a dick, they're a dick. If, you, if you're into vaxes and if you're not, whatever. But if you're a dick, you're a dick. Aaron Rodgers, to me, comes across like a guy I wouldn't want to have a 10-minute car ride with. All right? Uh, it's, it's just nothing to do with, with, with the other stuff, but First, just let me just finish this, Mike, because we all went to school, okay? We all had peer groups as kids, all right? And imagine you're making fun of some kid in grade four, and it's a pretty normal way to make fun of him. Ah, he said something kind of weird, which I, you know, some people agree with, some people don't. I make a little joke about it. Uh, Say he wears a tinfoil hat, whatever. Whether you agree or disagree with the joke, it's somewhat on color, as you say. Now, imagine making fun of someone in grade four, okay, or whatever. And then that same kid, because he made fun of him, goes around and starts telling everyone seriously that you're a pedophile. <laughs> oh, my God. That, that kid's weird. That, that's a weird kid. That kid's a weird dude. That's a weird joke to come back for. So that's why Jimmy Kimmel and the entire comedic world was like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Can't be doing that. So I take a I take an hour car ride with Aaron. Take a couple laps. I take one with almost any other QB. I feel like I get to talk a little bit. <laughs> I watch these McAfee episodes. Even McAfee, who's his buddy, and AJ Hawk, who's his buddy, are sitting there being like, "Oh God, like this was a fucking five minute sentence." Like Jesus. He's got a lot of weird nobodies on that show. Like he's it's, a good it's, star. What's kind of cool is he's taking all of his old buddies with him. Like these are all just like guys you grew up with. Yeah, it's but there's like which adds which 
it adds like a shed like mentality though, because they can all just call each other out on all their shit. But you don't know any of them, so I get it. It, it takes a little while to get used yeah, to. Yeah, I guess maybe. I don't know. It's a little too folksy. It's fair. I just like how it's real. Like, it's we grew up in the age of like all these little sound bites. You know, like oh, here's a here's a halftime show. Okay, you're gonna get 20 seconds, and then you're gonna get 20 seconds plus a highlight, and then you're gonna get 20 seconds. Then we're gonna watch four commercials, like, and then we're gonna listen to the host kind of do a breakdown of the game in case you people are deaf and blind and didn't watch it. Whereas like they just, Pat's just like a bunch of the boys being like, what the fuck did we just see last night? Like, I don't know. And they talk about the bad beats and just everything that we would talk about. Oh, you know, speaking of bad beats, uh, one thing that I almost bet on, but didn't was Brock Purdy. We talked about it two weeks ago. Brock Purdy's rushing yards. All right. He had 13 rushing yards. His number was 12 and a half. And you saw the shit I posted. It cost me 625 bucks. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry, buddy. I forgot. I guys, I remember the time I forgot right now. And yeah, yeah. Purdy takes a Purdy takes a one yard kneel at the end of the game. And uh, just because the, the last kick was a touchback and that got his rushing yards under. It sure did. Fuck, sorry, but I fucking forgot. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, buddy, that's a fresh wound into a long open season, off season, season eight coming at you. Woo! How about the commercial bust, man? I just, I gave a little bit of life and love to the Canadian crew, but this year was the worst ever, man. It was just nothing but online banking. I was into the I was in the movie trailers, but yeah, no, the, the other commercials nothing really blew me away. The fucking Dunkin' Donuts one with Ben Affleck and Damon was pretty funny. Yeah, that, but no, no, I'm talking about just the Canadian ones. Oh well, I would no, never I expect much from them. Yeah, but they used to feed us some of the American ones. But this year, they were cutting like a second late, so we'd get like a one second teaser of like Ice Cube and <laughs> you know Selena or whatever, and it was. And then we'd go Bel Air. It was, it was actually encouraging because it gave me some time to get away from the TV during this mega cast. Turned into a four and a half hour show. My God. Um. Yeah, George Kittle, popular pick for MVP from a lot of smart people. Four yards. Four yards. On, I think it was three targets. It was a fourth down. It was he got all his yards on one play. It was a fourth and three. That's when they Jeez. went to him. Which it was, was also a terrible play call, by the way. It's it's, it's so funny when you, we got like props, and then you're on a side and a total, and you might got some live betting going on. Like MBS catches that ball. I think it was it might have been overtime. I think it was overtime. Catches the ball. It's the second catch of the game, or maybe it was the last drive of the of the of the game. I'm not sure before overtime. Either way, catches the second ball of the game. Chiching bet one. I got him at over 18 and a half yards. If he just goes down, like when he catches the second ball, he's over on yards. He runs backwards six seven yards, which could cost the Chiefs the game. You see Chris Jones step up on the sideline, like what the fuck are you doing, man? Mm-hmm. And then he catches the next ball on second down. Uh, to go back over his yards, which was wonderful. I believe I uh, challenged you on the show before the, the game to not nickel and dime yourself and put every dime that you were spreading out over the game on the Chiefs. 
Yes. And you did not. No. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I wanted one of us to, you know, I was just picking on a hard side. Yeah. No, I, 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 I like, it was great, man. Uh, well, I hit my props and I hit my main, my main, I mean, I didn't throw everything on the Chiefs, but uh, I'd say 30% of my money was on the Chiefs, just money line. Very good. Yeah, I didn't lie about him. It was never juicing enough. Two nine plus nine plus two ninety was the biggest I saw it at, and I was like, I'm already on the double result. So like it, the double result almost come becomes your live bet, right? And then uh, as it's getting down to the wire, there I'm like, if they score the touchdown, I'm gonna win like three hundred bucks if they, and then they kick the field goal, goes to overtime. Man, what a game though! Started off like shit, or not shit, but at least boring. Uh, and vastly interesting regardless because we got so much money spread out of the table, but and it ends up being an all-timer fucking throwing a touchdown to, to seal the Super Bowl, man, it doesn't happen too much Like that's like that's the last play of the Super Bowl like not even a kick that was the only thing I got right, McCall Hardman and plus 1100 anytime touchdown I was pumped, I got, I got a bet back I, I I bet on uh, Sky Moore to get 25 yards receiving plus 750, and he never played, not one snap. <laughs> bet returned. Any bet on Sky Moore? Bet returned. How about that? How about that? I liked it. I was like, thank you. I'll take it because that was a fucking like underdog underdog pick anyway. Looking for that push. Um. All right. Well. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Thoughts leading up to the draft. And just early thoughts for next year. You already gave us one. The Chiefs will not three-peat, which is not necessarily a bold call. You, you basically said, okay, there'll be tw- one of the 29 other teams will win the Super Bowl. One of the minus, teams. Minus 850, Chiefs won't win. <laughs> yeah. All right. Pretty hey, wins a, a win's a win. A win's They're a probably, win. Probably make the final four again, so you'll be surprised. No, that you one. know what? I'm, uh, I'm very much looking forward to this offseason. I'm, I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm going to lend an eye to the draft, but I'm going to do full disconnect. I'm going to let everybody else get hyped for the season. And I'm going to put my thinking cap on. Come training camp. All right. I told you guys earlier, I never watched more football. I never bet more football. I never watched more football. I never loved football more. I was never happier to be part of this show than this year. That winning streak was legendary. And, uh, or sorry, hot streak. I shouldn't say winning streak, hot streak. So, yeah, man, just a lot of love, a lot of gratitude. Um, I got a couple shout-outs here. ASAP, Cemetery Crew, Stolf, Pick 6, Top 20, Cousin Crew, Alex, Cousin Rich, Snake Pit, Gautam, Vani, the original Vana comers. (laughs) All those guys, man. The The riding dirty with us this year. That streak took me around, got me a couple of comp drinks. So... I'm feeling good, and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm glad, man. I'm worn out. It was football overload, and then I guess all the Swifties jumping on board felt like, like an extra weight, like, like they'd been awakening to my world or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm time for a break. I'm very fascinated to see what some teams do this off season because it's such a just a billion, billion, billions of dollars business now. 
Like you can't just like, I feel like when we were growing up, there was more teams that just went into seasons being like, I don't know. Like, we'll see. Like, you know, we got, we got this like third rounder, like, you know, we're kind of on a two, three year plan here. Like we got our season tickets are sold out. Like that's the Titans. Yeah, that's right. And, but it's like, it's, it's, it's just such a fucking huge major business now. Like you can't just suck. Um, so like I'm great example, Huck, what the fuck are the Titans going to do? Because if I was going to pick a team, yeah, I don't know. We'll fire that coach to maybe finish last right now. Like they, they'd be up there. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be shit. Like Vrabel's gone. They're going with this GM to kind of run the team. They got uh, Callahan's kid as the new coach. He's a bit of a QB whiz, but does he have the QB? I don't know. Um, I'm fascinated to see what the the Raiders and Bears do. Raiders, because they need a they they got it. They, they kept Antonio Pierce. They're bringing in vets around him, Marvin Lewis, you know, all, all this stuff. But uh, push comes to shove. You're in the toughest division in football. You're going to need a quarterback. Is Aiden O'Connell it? Are you going to trade for Justin Fields? Are you going to move up in the draft? Because there's like four or five quarterbacks that look pretty spicy in this draft. I'm personally a fan of Drake May, and I like the left-handed Michael Penix. Those are my two guys. But those guys aren't going to come in and start pushing Mahomes and Herbert and you, you need a ceiling. Uh, We've talked about this before. You need your quarterback ceiling to be enormous. If you don't get there, you don't get there. But Josh Allen had a high ceiling. Was he going to work out? Nobody knew. What are the Broncos doing? They got Great rid of question. Russ. Great question. They haven't so officially got rid of Russ yet. Oh, I thought, no, they, they dragged it. It's over, man. Like, don't yeah, wait for no, the no, day, no. whatever the day is. Like, as in, like, same, same, but different. Yes, they've somewhat already made the decision, but tech, there's so much money around, like on the line. They haven't officially cut him yet. Uh, we'll see, but yeah, they. I, I think they've made the decision, and and then what do the Bears do? You know, they got the number one pick. They had a chance Field. to hire Keep Cliff on. Kingsbury, the offensive do coordinator it. at USC, for Caleb Williams. They decided not to. He's now on the Commanders. Caleb Williams is from the Washington area. There seems to be a connection there. And all the Bears players want them to keep Justin Fields. If you start letting the players run the asylum, blah, blah, blah. And then a couple of years down the line, you're going to regret not taking one of these young rock star QBs and keeping Fields. I don't know. I'm on the fence, too. I don't really have the answer. Fields shows some promise, especially with his legs. Throws a nice, accurate deep ball. Does not make decisions that fast. Also, it's the Bears. They're not even a great, they're not that great of a team. Yeah, so like watching Caleb Williams or Drake May be a star elsewhere. Yeah, and that doesn't mean he would have been a star in Chicago. Like, no, they, I, hope they, I hope they realize that. Yeah, the mirror's tinted. It is the. It, they don't call it the Winnie City for nothing. It is the hardest place statistically to play quarterback. Like besides Jay Cutler, nobody has thrown for lots of yards as the Chicago Bears quarterback. How about that? Uh, Vikings, for instance, are they going to keep Kirk Cousins? I feel like they're ready to move on. Uh, just interesting stuff. And there's a lot of teams they're they're going to stay the same. Lions will be right back. They're 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 a good team. They'll be back. KC's a young defense, and they got Pat Mahomes. Kelsey's coming back. Andy Reid's coming back. Chiefs ain't going anywhere. Niners will be right back, probably the final four, and it'll feel like a deja vu. Cowboys still got a quarterback and a coach problem. The rest of their team's pretty good. They just lost their defensive coordinator. I, if they don't. When they're if they don't make the playoffs, McCarthy's gone, and I think they draft Shadur Sanders. I'll stop talking about that. <laughs> Hell of a run, Hugh. Hell that of a run, fun, buddy. That was fun. Uh, so we're gonna do another podcast coming up before the draft. We'll do some draft uh, 
you know, draft bets are always fun. I, I think a guy like Michael Penix is going to move up that chart. So I'm not saying he goes first overall, but I feel like uh, his talent will speak for itself. And even though he's projected right now to be like mid to late first round, um, that's not the guy I saw. Besides that game against Michigan, he was fucking awesome. And Drake May is just your classic NFL quarterback who can zip the ball. He's got a, he's got huge hands. And you know, everyone's talking about Kenny Pickett's hands and being like, oh, that's so silly. That's so silly. Really? Guy threw like three touchdowns last year. Okay. Hand size fucking matters. Why do you think Tom Brady deflated those footballs? Because you need to be able to grip it. All right. I have not the biggest hands. I was a fantastic quarterback with those kid, those little kid sized footballs. We were in grade five. All right. Throwing the NFL sized ball. It's not as accurate. It's just honest. How about the CFL? So I am. Fuck, fuck the CFL. All right, that's the joke. I feel like I, I feel like Philip Rivers throwing that fucking ball every time. So I feel like Drake May is going to succeed wherever he goes. I was telling my dad, I think you should be hoping Drake May falls to the Giants. Anyway, uh, so yeah, stay tuned for our draft episode coming up probably in a couple, a month or two, a couple months. Uh, and we'll still stay active on our social media accounts at Hughes Talking on TikTok and Instagram at Weird Mike spelled Weird M I C. We got some big golf tournaments coming up. We've got March Madness. Weird Mike's always good for some sprinkles. Uh, Huck Daddy, always up to no good. Remember, if you need any media or drone stuff, go to HuckMedia.ca or follow Huck Media on social media. Uh, any last words? Anything? Shut the Huck up. Go Titans. Weird Mike. You know what? Go Titans. Fucking go Titans, folks. All right. Have a great uh, February and March. We'll see you in a few. Cheers.